the Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out at nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name, amen. Blogger Debbie Thomas tells a story about Sarah Brosnan and Franz de Waal, two zoologists at Emory University who decided to study the evolution of fairness. They wanted to know where our distaste for unfairness comes from. Is it something cultural, or is it something that is hardwired in us? So they set up this experiment using two capuchin monkeys. They placed them in adjacent cages where they could see one another, and they trained the monkeys to hand a small pebble to their human handler. And every time they would give a pebble, the handler would give them a chunk of cucumber, which the monkeys love. So far, so good. But then the handler decided to make a change as part of the test. She gave the first monkey a piece of cucumber once the monkey gave her the rock. 
But she gave the second monkey a grape, which is a real delicacy in the monkey world. Well, noticing the change, the first monkey perked up and very enthusiastically offered a rock, thinking, of course, that she too would receive a grape. But no, she got the usual piece of cucumber. And what happened after that was quite striking. The first monkey nearly lost her mind. Not only did she not eat the cucumber, she threw it in the face of the human handler. She began banging and rattling the the sides of her cages. She took her pebbles and threw them in every direction and began making all kinds of obnoxious and almost violent noises towards her grape-eating friend. It really is quite something to see. You can see it on YouTube, if you wish. The same kinds of studies have been done with other primates, and the results are amazingly similar. And scientists have also even studied humans about this. They studied young children, young uh, babies about nine months old, who display a very strong and very negative response whenever they detect something they think is unfair. So clearly, Brosnan and DeWall have concluded from their experiment that fairness is a concept that seems deeply embedded in our humanity. I don't know if you believe that or not, but it is true that our sense of fairness is something that is instilled in us at a pretty young age. And we use that as a way of measuring some of our relationships with other people. But the longer we live, and the more experience we get, we realize how easily our sense of fairness can get trampled. And if it happens often enough, more than just cucumbers get thrown. And don't we see this so clearly right now in our society, especially as we get deeper into this election cycle? I mean, we're arguing about all kinds of things, about the fairness of them. Everything from health care to wages to stimulus checks. We, we want them to be fair, but everybody seems to have a different definition of what fairness is about the only thing we can agree on is that the other side has all the wrong ideas. And so did that landowner. If somebody pulled a stunt like that on us, how would we react? Martin Luther used to use a phrase to describe why Jesus' parables can seem so offensive and so upsetting. He said they are, that they, the parables don't match our opinio legis. Translation, 
our world view, our modern sensibilities, the way the world should be. And this parable really does go against that, doesn't it? Our sensibilities do get rattled when, when we see something that happens like that that seems so totally unfair. But isn't it interesting that throughout the story, how everybody thought that they were being treated fairly, that everybody seemed to be happy with everything until quitting time. And when everybody received the same amount, that's when things began to come apart. And those who were hired first got really upset. You think? I mean, clearly, when it came time for them to be paid, they certainly expected that they would receive, in the words of the landowner, whatever's right. But that would be more. Right? And when they didn't get more, they felt unappreciated, undervalued. They felt cheated. So long as they compared themselves with somebody else. And isn't that usually where the problem begins for all of us? Oh, we love cucumbers so long as the other guy's not getting any grapes. But what's so surprising is that this landowner doesn't seem to care about making comparisons. He's just glad to have folks out working in his vineyard, no matter how long they work. And so he tries to set the record straight. He says, look, I didn't treat you unfairly. I paid you exactly what we agreed would be fair. So why are you upset because I am so generous? If we translate the original Greek, literally, it says, is your eye evil because I am good? Giving someone the evil eye is where we get our word envy. That means to look maliciously on someone who has something we want. And if we do that often enough, then things begin to build and it moves toward resentment, which literally means to look or to feel again. And so we look with this resentful, envious eye and it, it begins to build up into us. And we turn those eyes toward other people and then we find that we are so easily caught up into this story. Because we can all share tales of how we have experienced something that seemed so unfair. But you know what? Jesus didn't tell this story to show us who we are. We already know that. And we know it very well. 
Now, Jesus told this story in hopes that we would see the heart of God. It begins, the kingdom of heaven is like. And we've talked about this before. The kingdom of heaven is like saying the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is like saying where God reigns, where God has things the way God wants them. And so we're not just talking about what happens up there somewhere. That kind of thing, God's reign can happen right here and right now. And so Jesus is telling this story about a, a, a landowner who is exceedingly generous, who gives way more than what seems to be right. And if that landowner represents God, in all honesty, we probably don't like that very much either. When God is so generous, when God is giving others what we don't think seems to be fair, well, it rubs us the wrong way. It would be better if God were fair. C.S. Lewis wrote a story called The Great Divorce. It's a story about heaven and hell. And the residents of hell were given a bus ride where they could go up to heaven and check the place out, and they were given the opportunity to stay if they wanted. One of the passengers on the bus was an elderly judge who had been a straight-laced, upstanding, just very highly praised citizen his whole life. He happened to be seated next to his lazy, no-count, no-good nephew who he could not stand. Now the judge loved heaven. He thought it was great. But when he found out that people like his nephew would be allowed to stay, he couldn't stand it. And he went and got back on the bus to hell which was painted not with fire and brimstone, but was painted all gray and drab and lifeless. The judge just couldn't stand the generosity of God. Can we? Jesus shows us a God who doesn't give us what we deserve, but rather shows us a God who will not rest until everyone, no matter how long and how late they show up, will not rest until everyone can join the party. And just in case you're wondering, this is not the only place in the Bible where this kind of teaching occurs. All throughout the Scriptures, we have a God who focuses on grace much more than fairness. And one great example is the first reading that we have for this morning. Where Jonah discovers that God is full of forgiveness and generosity in ways that drives Jonah crazy to the point he would rather die than have to watch God do what God does. 
truly, such generosity sometimes can make us uncomfortable. It just doesn't seem fair. But it is right. And it's the way God wants it to be. So maybe the best way we can grow into this teaching on generosity that Jesus gives us this morning is to realize how generous God is with us. When I'm honest and I look back over my life, I realize all the times when I've been a huge disappointment to myself, to my friends and family, and yes, especially to God. Oh, I knew better when I did some things. And even when I didn't know better, a lot of times I still screwed them up. So would I really want a God who would really give me what I deserve? Or as I look back over my accomplishments, sometimes I I believe that my achievements come because I worked hard for them. I, I earned them. I deserve those things. But in a rare moment of honesty, I have to admit that a lot of times I got way more than I deserved. I got grace. I got a gift that was undeserved and unearned. A lot of times in my life, I didn't get what I deserved. I got a whole lot more. And so I love what Dr. Ralph Ralph Jacobson says about this story. He says, when we come to understand just how wonderful grace is and how amazing grace is. And when we realize that it is a gift that we do not deserve and we cannot earn, when we realize that, then we are overwhelmed by gratitude. And when we are grateful for this gift, when we see somebody else get it too, It doesn't offend us anymore. In other words, stop looking for a God who is fair and be thankful for the one you've got. None of us deserves the grace that is given to us. But when we receive it, when it becomes part of our life, We can't help but be grateful. And when we live into that gratitude, it begins to open us up to realize that that same grace is for everybody else too. That the vineyards of God's world will flourish when everyone, all kinds of people, people who we might think don't quite measure up to our standards. 
that they are welcome to and given a place to belong because we all belong to God. So one last point. I'm a visual learner. So I really love this illustration that Philip Martin, Pastor Philip Martin of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Richmond gives. He says that in their sacristy, that's the room where Holy Communion is prepared, the altar care team has placed a, a handy little sign in there with a diagram of just how much wine should be poured by the communion assistants into each of the little glasses. Somebody's actually even taken and made an example. They, they took one of the glasses and colored it with magic marker up to the magic fill line. He says he doesn't know how this came to be. Maybe there were some complaints that people felt like they were getting too little, or who knows, maybe even too much. But regardless of how it got started, he says he's really proud of that sign. Because it's a perfect example. That the people in the church are equal in a very important place, in a very important way. At communion. At Jesus' meal. At the foot of the cross. All are equal. All are welcome. All are invited to experience the community of God's grace and mercy and love. All. No matter how important some people may think they are or how worthless others may feel, they are welcome. Welcomed by a God who just who just doesn't want anybody to be left out. And you know what? When we can come to see that generosity, that scandalous generosity that God pours out upon us, when it becomes part of our life, Cucumbers and grapes taste amazingly similar. In Jesus' name, amen.